Hey, welcome back to the Adventures of Gigi. This week we've got a special episode planned regarding the emotions era. Last week was the emotions era, but this week we feel like we didn't get fed enough with a live concert moment. So in order to give you that, we're going to revisit the MTV Unplugged. Obviously, I'm Gareth Stora, and I'm here with... Hey, you guys, it's Gia, Gia Caro. Hey, yeah, so today's episode is going to be MTV Unplugged. Now, some lambs consider this its own little era moment because it had its release, and obviously, uh, I'll Be There went to number one, and it's it's kind of its own mini era, but we are going to lump it in with our emotions series because we think it fits nicely there. And I think, does is this the first performance of Make It Happen that we get? I feel like it is here and now. Um, I think so. <laughs> with nothing else in front of me. <laughs> but there might be something. I feel like if there is, it's in America or on American TV, whatever. But I don't think we got anything from Make It Happen. I can only find Emotions and Can't Let Go, as we spoke about like the live shows that she did before. Right. You're right, actually, because during this time, when she performs Make It Happen, she says, I'm going to perform my new single. I so think this right. is the... I think this is the or her latest single anyway. I think this might be the first performance to make it happen. At least that. It might not be the first performance that I watched, but I think it's the furthest one back that I can recall that I've yeah. seen. You know, it's it's early. It's early. This is before Hero. This is Emotions. I feel like that's why we got to lump it in with the yeah. Emotions era because as we've come to know, this is Mariah went on to MTV Unplugged to silence the haters, the bitches who were trying to come for her and say that her voice was a synthesized moment in the studio. And she had to let them know, girl, no, that's not what time it is. Girl, I'm about to sing for you. <laughs> so she booked an MTV Unplugged moment, a little... A little something, something. A, a, little, a little smoky cigar lounge. Oh yeah. But she looks like she just rolled off um from the highway because she looks like she's dressed like a biker <laughs> chick, darling. Yes. But without the helmet hair, of course. <laughs> of course, without the helmet hair. Yes. Her hair is big 90s. This is a way back in the day. Early Mariah, young baby face, chipmunk cheek Mariah, gorgeous, stunning biker chick, leather jacket. What is it, dark jeans or light jeans? They're black. What, what, all black. I think they're black. All black moment here. No costume Super change. This is how informal it was supposed to be because there wasn't any outfit change, nothing like that. It's a nice small set list. It does collect the songs together from the debut and emotions era quite nice as a live moment. So it does feel like this is the first taste of a concert vibe moment, whatever situation we got from her. Yeah, because she was she refused to go on tour because of her stage fright. She was nervous. She felt more comfortable in the studio. And that led to people saying that she was just a studio artist like a a production pretty much she's not real and yeah. mariah wasn't having that girl and i'm sure tommy wasn't having that either and they were like you know you need to get on here and show these people 
you know vocals yeah like how can we have people believe this especially when she won some of the awards we mentioned it last week briefly some of the awards that manili vanilli had won before and obviously that would been revoked from them because they were a complete hoax oh yeah Um, we did didn't we talk about that in was it the moments the emotions moment yeah the uh last week like the last episode We don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when are we post. See exactly, I don't know when they, these are going out. So like <laughs> the last episode, let's leave it at that. <laughs> so let's just set the scene a little bit. I feel like we've all seen it, but remember, there was this like small, or we're led to believe it's a small arena area, whatever. It not looks- even arena is miscategorizing it. This is like basket, like. The size of um, an elementary school gym. You know what I mean? Like, it's a kind of small. It almost feels like the corner of a club. A bit like the tattoo club, but bigger. The tattoo club was giving me literal club. Like, there's tables and rest, like restaurant service and stuff going on. This is like, you know, a clear, cleared out venue with seating and a stage. And it's a very, very intimate and quaint it's very tiny there is not much going on here it's just mariah and acoustic styling of her songs and it's a showcase it's a vocal showcase moment because that's what the people thought she couldn't deliver so she was out here trying to prove these bitches wrong obviously the stage is well lit but it's still quite like mellow there's orange there's blues there's purples and Remember, we were talking about this before. Oh, yeah, the, the things in the background as well. Like, I'm not quite sure what is going on there, whether we're it's, like, like fabric. It's like some kind of effect, yeah. Yeah, some the same uh, sort of thing as, like, a early Mariah Thanksgiving special. Yeah. But it's before that, you know. But it's very 90s looking. It's super... Um, time ca- 90s time capsule. It has a proper Sunday vibe to me. It's mellow, it's informal, but at the same time, there's energy there. I wouldn't call it informal necessarily. Well, actually, the see, this is where the undubbed versus dubbed thing comes in. Because when you listen to the undubbed performances, it is a little bit more informal because she's like, where's my tea person and all of that. And she's literally just standing there and like, introducing each song as it go like each song she introduces each song says something about it and then goes into the song but this has a break has that has a break that's edited out and then says something about the next song goes into the song has a break that's edited out you know it's just a very continuous little concert moment and then the obviously what we get is edited down and made to look as put together as possible and more it makes it a little bit more formal but it still has this super casual well i'm just standing here and telling you what i'm singing and then right belting out these tracks like these number one songs and these new songs you can't see you know there's not like a huge amount of security when you see tour videos like proper concert videos now they're not they're nothing like this obviously because they're not the same but they have oh, like, like it, it didn't look like a concert where there's like the lineup the line of security before the stage yeah yeah i don't think there was that that i noticed um, it looked like there was just fans sitting 
up to the front of the stage and right. that Mariah is there performing which what I would give to be in that room too, you know, like it's just super intimate. Yeah, I'm sure even many rows back, you're just still so close to her because this venue is like literally the size of my apartment, you guys. Like it is nothing. <laughs> it's <laughs> honestly, it's super, it's super intimate and cozy. Yeah. You know, you don't see any of the crew either, no sound guys, camera guys, etc. But yeah, like you said, just her and the audience in a way, and the band, of course. I don't know why we would see the crew, though. Sometimes you do get to see, like, you don't see a lot of it. You might see somebody at side, some head bobbing around at the bottom of the stage, you know, or whatever. You get you catch a glimpse of someone. But there's, it's literally, for that description I gave earlier, it is very polished for what it is, you know, because with the team that Mariah probably had, those people are going to be all there but you don't see them. And it, you do eventually get that feel of it's intimate, it's her and the band and the audience and blah, blah, blah. And it does set it all up really nicely. It's really beautifully done. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's definitely, like when we rewatched it, when we rewatched it for mm. this, I knew that it was a tiny concert, but it still felt like they managed to pack a bunch of people in the crowd though, you know? Like, it's intimate, but there's still an audience, you know? Yeah, it's not like the tattoo club where it's probably just people sat at tables. It, it's a proper moment where people are sat behind each other, just not as huge as a proper, well, like I said earlier, arena. <laughs> okay, so she she comes in first with emotions. There's probably a really big introduction with this. She gives us that massive intro into emotions that we got on some of the remixes. Really well done. Could have been cute on another single version, but that just bursts into flames, that single. So I'm glad we got it as a nice build into the first song, you know. Vocals, absolutely amazing. Slayed it. It was slightly less punchy than the recording, but... I find that sometimes with live performances, maybe if a breathing technique, whatever, and maybe they can hear themselves better at that tempo, whatever it might be. This is one of the best performances of emotions. The entire MTV Unplugged starts just with David Cole's hand on the piano, the iconic moment, and he's wearing the shimmery, the shimmery button up, uh, uh, moment you know he's wearing a dark with sparkles all over it like what would you call it a blouse he, yeah he's wear he's wearing glittery festive moment he's wearing a glittery ensemble well just jesus christ so the show opens up with david cole's hands on the piano in his glittery black ensemble and you hear the background singers going into the opening of emotions. Mariah slays the hell out of the intro that we hear on the remix. And then she gives us one of the best performances of emotions that we've had. Now, emotions has already been a number one at this point. And she goes into the whistles and then she proves to everyone that she can do them and the crowd goes crazy. And she actually, she, oh my gosh, when she's going up into the whistle, she's putting her finger on the ear with her curly hair. She's giving us full on Mariah-isms here. And 
melismas and runs and high belts and whistles and all the tricks, honey. She's doing gymnastic tricks up on the stage over here. This is the only MTV Unplugged that went on to produce a single and that and then it went to number one. Yeah. Yeah. Um Mariah Carey with he. Nobody else has um achieved that. So the Mariah Carey MTV Unplugged was recorded for MTV on March 16th, 1992. And due to the success of the TV show when it aired, an EP of those recordings was released on June 2nd, 1992. The show that we got is just under 30 minutes, as is the album. And the album's probably even less because there's less talking. As we said before, there are probably more speech parts in there where she's talking to the audience. Um, There was intervals, etc., etc., yeah, people then realised that Mariah Carey could actually do these things on stage. They could, they could be done live. She was actually a talented person that they doubted before. Um, we can get into more of that later. And it produced two singles. Now, worldwide, and obviously more so popular, it did um, give us the single, the cover version of the Jackson 5, I'll Be There, which was Mariah Carey's sixth number one, a duet with a backing singer, Trailer Ends. And unfortunately, one of the key songs of this, I mean, obviously they're all key songs because they're all pretty much singles from the first two albums, but this song in particular wasn't a single, but it was a huge moment for Mariah Carey at this point because she got to work with Carole King. The song was If It's Over. She slayed the crap out of this song in this show. And it's a huge song as a recording anyway. (coughs) So the song was then released on August 28th, 1992, if it's over as a single in Australia and the Netherlands. And it just didn't really catch fire. Not, Not at all in any way, to be fair. So it was a huge flop. And maybe that was down to marketing, who knows, but it's it's a bit of a shame. But at least we got a live version of it on a recording that we now can all own. She's performed it a couple of times, as we know, as we spoke about in last in the last episode. So if it's over is therefore another key moment. We got emotions, that's a huge powerful moment. You know, she performed it, let's get that out of the way. That's gone. I, anybody who's watched the MTV show the mtv unplugged show not just listen to the album she actually does say in the in the tv show that she got all the high notes out of the way but there is one in vision of love there's another one that comes later in can't let go so they are spaced out but they're still there and someday as well and she does slay the crap out of them so shall we go into if it's over i think it's very impressive that this was the only mtv unplugged that had a single that ended up being released from it and it was because people requested it to be released right so like that means she had to have been super popular at the time I remember reading on the Mariah Carey wiki that it Sony released it as a single because people were so excited about it also I should say this is the only Mariah Carey number one song that she has not written because it's a cover yeah Jackson 5. And obviously as a song, it's not that far removed. We've said this in our covers episode before, when she does do a song, uh, when she does cover a song, she does make it her own without actually doing that much to it. It's all about the vocals. And that's what happens here. 
at the time, I, I get it why it was a number one. Good for you. Great. Lovely. I do like it. It's another one of those songs that I'll just let play, but I can't be like, I can't wait to get home and put I'll Be There on. Yeah. And I think I said this in another episode also, but I think she performs it way too much. I think I'll Be There needs to get replaced on the tour. I think we hear it way too much. But didn't she, she didn't do it at Caution, did she? That was the last, like, fall tour she did. But Butterfly Returns, though, darling. Mm. She did do it on Butterfly Returns and, obviously, number ones because it was number one. And what was the tour before that? She did it on there. I'm sure she did. I know she she's did it on Mimi. She did it on the Chanteuse tour, I think. Oh, it was... I don't know about in the US, but she did one here, Sweet Sweet Fantasy Tour. I think she did it then. I think I'm she did sure. it then, too. I think she yeah. did it then. Yeah. Like, I need her to take... I need her to take off... I need her to take... I'll be there off the set list and replace it with the Through the Rain remix with Kelly and Joe and put another song with Trey and put Marianne as the Kelly Price part. So then they all have a yeah. moment on stage together. That would be so... How iconic would that be to have them all have a moment? That would, that would be lovely. It would be lovely. And she can make use of the high notes then as well. She doesn't have to be like, I have to belt this again tonight and again tonight. And it doesn't matter. She can just do the high notes if she doesn't want to belt it. Because, yeah, through the Rain remix, it still does have a lot of those whisper tones in there. It's but it's strong good. vocals, but there's it's, still a lot oh, of yeah. around and layering it's fun there's more fun going on that they can have together and she seems like she has fun on stage with trey i'm sure that'll be really cute if they do i think they all could rush they could kill murder crush that track live it would be and, amazing and she could sit on i'll be there for a bit i think people would forget about it not i don't mean to be completely forgetful of the song but people could you could put it down bring it back and then people would be like oh yeah forget about this and people would enjoy it again if she just pulled it out at some point you know that intro as well is iconic you know she just starts to describe like like she did on the adventures of mimi tour when she just starts to describe what they did with the song and that it was just at the last one of the last minutes so i was doing this gig right for mtv unplugged and they were like, you guys need another song for this. And my backup dancer just happened to be right here. And they were like, I'll be, let's do I'll be there. Okay. There was a funny, there was a funny performance of I'll be there when I think it's the butterfly tour when Trey and Mariah can't stop fucking laughing. <sighs> and it's so funny. There are some funny performances of I'll be there that are really, really good. But I think that if they, if they did another song together, it would still be just as good and just as funny. Like they could still have moments. Like I don't, I'm not saying like, let's kick Trey off the stage and like have Mariah do another, like, like let's replace the roof with, with I'll be, or you know what I mean? Let's replace I'll be there with the roof, but give Trey another moment, you know, or give him a song. If you want to get rid of I'll be there and sing the roof or something else, Give him his singing moment like he did on the Butterfly Tour. Oh, on his own, yes. Do you remember that? And like on the Christmas shows, he usually sings on his own too. Yeah, he did. How do you feel about Someday on this? This is a good Someday. Why are you smiling? I don't, when did I, did I say I don't like Someday? No, you never said you don't like it. I just, I just didn't know if it was one of the songs where you just weren't like, meh. I, I prefer, 
this is when we get the Price Sisters and the intro, the famous intro. This is oh, the yeah. verse she replaced on number one to infinity because I think she doesn't like the production. So I do like the production and the, the acoustified version of this song better than the super produced original. But I, I yeah. like Someday. I don't have a problem with Someday. I honestly think I might put on the debut album after we finish recording this episode. Cause I, after doing this emotion series, like I've been really trying to get into the, the, the older albums. And then Laura is always saying, girl, music box, you need to listen to music box while you tripping on music box. So I'm in what? a, I'm in an old school nineties mood lately. You, you should go back just to the beginning and just play them in order and and enjoy them that way. I mean, you don't have to, but because you listen to vinyl more so, and these are older records, and vinyl is not so much these days, but it is considered um, a retro moment. And it is in a way, because it first came out a long time ago as the new thing. So I think but you now should. It's, it's, now it's hipster. Now, yeah. So I think you should definitely put them on in order and listen to them in the intended way back then. So on a CD, you can shuffle on your phone or whatever device you can shuffle. You can even do that with those three albums as well, whatever. But I think Honestly, you go back and listen to them in order. I, I will go back and listen to them in order, but I think it would be way more fun to put the first three albums all on shuffle. It would be way more fun, but it'll be way, it'll be cuter to listen to them in order. Like I, I'd prefer to listen to them in order. Like I like listening to albums as they're intended to be heard. Yeah. I, there's something about that. Like ever since I fell in love with butterfly, like I've mostly listened to music that way. And, and that's the thing is Mariah changed the way I listen to music. The way I consume music is just different now because of Mariah. It's just, it's just totally a thing. Yeah. So we'll go to Vision of Love. Is that the next one she's saying? After Wait, Sunday. what did we... It's a Vision of Love on the MTV Unplugged show. How do you feel about that? This is when the dubbed conversation is going to come out because, <laughs> because I don't think that they necessarily needed to dub everything over because if, if they were just going to leave Vision of Love how it was because they left Vision of Love where she misses some of the lyrics at the end. And it's kind of my favorite part. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do love this version. I love, love, love this version. It would be probably my favorite vision of love if she didn't miss the part in the end. Um, and I know that might make someone mad or something. And I don't know. I, I just like the whole song to be there. It's, it's very petty because it's just one line. If they were going to leave Vision of Love as it was missing the whole line, I don't think they needed to go in with all of the dubbing and make everything else sound super perfect. But at the same time, they're showing that she's not perfect by leaving that in. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I really like it. I mean, obviously, I really like it. It's stupid me saying it, really. 
it's it's nice to have it because I feel like after after this moment, she starts to change her singing way. Like her approach to her singing her songs is different, even in her recordings. And then again, live after this, she sings like example hero is perfect example. She sings that differently. She does little oh. curls here and there with Dream Lover as well. You she, know, this is right before she does start changing her look a little bit because and her singing style. You're right. Yeah. Because I, I also, in Mariah's debut and this era, she was kind of squeezing out notes sometimes. It was like kind of like it pushing. Was almost like it was forced. Even though it wasn't forced as in like, I can't do this, I need to force and make it happen. No, it I would say like it was that, squeezed. I would yeah. say squeeze. Yes, I definitely noticed Mariah squeezing <laughs> notes out more in the earlier debut and the, the emotions era. And then that sort of changes and evolves into, I feel like she can reach higher notes easier in, after that. And it, it is super interesting to see how her voice evolves and her singing style and her songwriting and the way she composes things and puts things together and produces things, so. Yeah. So I agree, like in the beginning, there was a lot of like force, 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 even though of course she could do it, yeah. But like... And it's amazing. We're not taking away of the course. fact that it was amazing. But you know, but if lot... it sounds a little squeezed, it sounds a little squeezed, girl. <laughs> but a lot of people were saying that she oversings and blah, blah, blah. And then when you look back a little bit, considering how she changed her singing style, you kind of feel it a little bit like, okay, I can see where it comes from, but still sounds amazing. So on this show, I feel like she was a bit more relaxed. We know some of the stuff that we know now. I still feel like this is one of the last um, great performances of the early stage of a career. Obviously, there's more to come, but that's a completely different style of singing. Does that make sense? It's like the end of... I think it's definitely the end of the emotions era because some people, some lambs consider MTV Unplugged its own era. So, and, and then... And it is, in a way, yeah. Yeah, that's. I guess that's why it, it deserves its own episode, so... We're just, we're doing it now because obviously we decided that it would be the perfect thing to put in place because there was no concert or tour for the emotions. So, yeah, I feel like it, if it was a bookend, then there, if there was a bookend to bookend the vision, early vision of love vocals, this would be it. I do love it. I do love it. Okay, Gia, this is going to be a bit of a big one for you. So I feel like you're going to have a lot to say on this matter. Why? Make it happen. Oh my God. I love make it happen. Oh my gosh. It's one of my, I mean, it is probably become my favorite Mariah Carey song, which is funny. Shout out to Diva from the Mariah podcast. But, Mar but Diva was saying, um, how much, how much they loved. Make it happen. Make it happen has definitely evolved into Probably my favorite Mariah Carey song. If not if not Mariah Carey favorite song, then favorite song that she performs live because of moments like MTV Unplugged and things of that nature. This isn't my favorite performance of Make It Happen. But like we said, I think it's one of the first and it is amazing to see her hit every single note with ease and she just goes into it and she slays the how to make it happen so yeah she she's got like I, she's still got the 
the drive in there. Like she, every time I hear Mariah sing, make it happen. I just feel like she really wants to be there. She wants to be on the stage. She wants, she's like, she's like, this is my dream fulfilled. I have made it happen. And it's just like, it's like, it's like her hero to me is like, make it happen. And with the autobiographical lyrics instead of the metaphorical ones. So it's personal to her and therefore it becomes relatable to us because it is about a time before celebrity. And the, the and then after reading the book and literally it is autobiographical, it's amazing. And I think I've said this before, but every time I hear Make It Happen, it makes me think about the past three years and where I've come and how far I've gone and all of that, you know? So it's just a moment for me. It's just, it's a splendor, darling. Relive that splendor. The thing with this song, when I say it's relatable as well, it's like, you can come from like a rich family and grow up with that whole thing. You can come from a poor family and grow up with that whole thing or even in between, whatever, it doesn't matter. And then you could also then go on, regardless of whatever you're upbringing was like in terms of a financial or class situation you can then go on to create your own life whether that is um prosperous or livable or whatever the situation might be you know and these lyrics can still fit regardless i know it's talking about not having food and blah 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 but everybody has been in that situation on whatever climb you've been on, um, where you've been like... Well, maybe not everyone has been in that situation, but... Real people, people have. who have, real people who have, <sighs> it's very, it's extremely relatable. Exactly. But, yeah. You, everyone you, who knows, everyone who knows that feeling knows yeah. what she's talking, knows what she's talking about. But also, I may, I may not have not had the proper shoes but I may not have had enough food or but I totally have not had proper shoes like I totally have like I can totally relate to almost all the lyrics and make it happen but I'm sure someone who not necessarily has gotten that low can relate to it in the ways of like I believe I can have this therefore I will make it happen sort of thing you know yeah. Or even just the way she sings it, the the feeling that she's emanating off makes you feel like, oh my God, you know, like I don't relate to this at all, but holy shit. Um, yeah, there's been times where I don't miss the sound materialistic because I'm not really a materialistic person. Well, I'm not. You know, you can need things and want things. And regardless of whether you got that promotion or whether you didn't, it depends on, and also depending on what that promotion might actually be, you might have to make a choice and still find that you've gone without in some way. Maybe that's, you put a deposit down for a house and realize, shit, I've now got to move into this house and can't afford the electric bill on the first book. Whatever the situation might be, that's the best case. That's a good problem to have. And I do believe, especially the... Um, bloody hell, what's the line? I once was lost, but now I'm found. I've got my feet on solid ground. You can, <gasps> you know, that can apply to anyone in any situation. And it could be my parents don't speak to me anymore because I'm gay. I don't speak to my parents anymore because I'm gay. My boyfriend just threw me out. My girlfriend just threw me out. My wife, my kids don't speak to me. I can't afford food. I can't afford clothes. I've just been kicked out of my house. I don't have enough money for it. whatever these situations are. That can apply on so many levels. Or even I got dumped, like literally, or even that. literally you know? anything that you were caught up emotionally over, but you're like, 
I'm over it. Like it's anything. Like I'll listen to make it happen to get over a breakup. Like any day. There's a lot in that chorus and that middle eight that means so much more than, and I don't mean this in, in any offense to her, but more than just her story. And the verses add that extra layer because there's something relatable. I feel like most of the human population have been through some kind of that. I would probably agree. I would, yeah. I don't think it's that far off to say that most people have been through some sort of trial that they had to overcome in some way that yeah this song could relate to in some shape or fashion and then when you compare this to hero i know we're not there yet but this is more like um what do i need to do to make my situation better what do i need to look inside myself to make the situation better whereas hero is more broader but this to me though i love this song way more than hero way more than i love hero i do i do i do i do i do like don't get me wrong like hero there's a time and place yeah. tokyo dome come on tokyo dome but girl make it happen it's it's really kind of i was just thinking about it when you brought it up i was shook like oh wait make it happen came first like make it happen is like the og you know what i mean hero is hero definitely yeah it's amazing. yeah it's iconic i'm sure it's probably more iconic than then make it happen, but I make it happen is is what I would choose over hero. It take oh, definitely. If I if the encore could only be one song and it's make it happen or hero, I'm definitely taking make it happen. Period. Okay, so we're on the last track already. Even though I try, I can't let go. Very nice, Gia. Yeah, so this was a single. This was a a near hit. A what? It was a near hit. It was a missed opportunity. Oh, we yeah, we talked about we this. We talked I about think. this in the last episode. Yeah, I'm glad it's there. Not sure why it's at the end. I just thought Vision... Because remember, it wasn't supposed to be, be sung. Damn. It's been a moment since I've watched it all in full and actually, like, watched, you know? So, Gia... This is live. Can't let go. We've had this as well on TV and whatnot. It's not my favorite can't let go, but it's still giving it to me. So yeah, tell me more about the live performance of can't let go and that then this is done. I don't want to wear clothes. No, can't let go. <laughs> but the live performance, we spoke about can't let go in, in it, I'm the glad last he episode. gave us another track because it, otherwise it would have been way too short. And that's the right. thing is, I think she should have sang more songs. I think she should have sang one or two more songs to have this EP, especially because they released it as an EP later. If not, if you're not gonna sing more songs for the MTV Unplugged, at least record another one for the the CD. It's just short. Yeah, like a little bit of a bonus moment or something. Or Live. something, 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 girl, something. Yeah, they should have had that. On the show, though. Or even another Jackson where... 5 song, because to build hype off of the last one. But they should have done a little moment for the show that wasn't in the TV show. And if, then... If, yeah, because if... they're going to release it. Well, they were going to do the show, TV show first, apparently, and then because of the success of that, they released the EP. Exactly. But, but they should have had something secretive for the actual audience who actually came, something a bit special that wasn't going to be on the TV special. Then they could have included that 
on the album he guess what we did when you weren't looking there you go there you go gareth yes honey i love the sound of that because it would have been, been a magic. surprise it would have been a surprise bonus track or something yeah yeah oh all these missed opportunities look at us <sighs> we if only we were around back then here in our prime like we are now back then like we know everything that we know now back then <sighs> Okay, so that was the MTV Unplugged EP MTV TV show special. Uh, 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 uh. And Gia. It was, a, it was a moment. It was cute. Honestly, I'm kind of feeling like having a hard time talking about this one because it's like, we all know it. We all saw it. It was dubbed. It's not even an argument. And I just think that it was there to show the haters that she could sing she accomplished it i do think that dubbing it however made the impact of her fall from grace a little bit harder a conspiracy yeah yeah well let's go into that a little bit more now the dubbing because obviously when me and gia first got to talking about dubbing for this i thought yeah there's dubbing but dubbing as in they took the audio made it perfect and just put it over the top and then to make it more of a perfection performance for TV and the CD. But I actually, I wasn't 100% aware of the fact that there was other takes to include in the debation for the final product. And it's not even that relevant. Like, it's not a huge deal. I just think that... But it adds to the speculation in that conspiracy. They just edit. It's not even a conspiracy. She sang emotions twice, I think. No, I mean she, like that that she was um, a studio creation. Oh, it that, does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it does. I mean. Exactly. Oh, okay, yeah. So the whole point of the emotion, the whole point of MTV Unplugged is to prove that she's not a studio production. But then they just go in and studio produce her vocals. Like the, it's just. It's kind of shady, but it's they did what they had to do, I guess. But when you hear the original, it's not bad. Like, they didn't need to do that. So the whole point of doing it is it's unnecessary. And like I said, it makes her fall from grace years later. It makes the impact of that way more hard because you don't, you don't have all of these videos and things or memories of Mariah having a little squeak or a little crack or a little um, off key whistle because it's all dubbed over after it's done so your expectation is extremely high when in all actuality she's just human you know what I mean exactly and you sent me a lot of links actually regarding the the this dubation and I watched it and I thought okay yeah I can hear it more because of what we got which makes you think it was a bit of a waste of time them doing so much to it in the first place because like I just said it does create more speculation around the original conspiracy of like oh she can't really do all this live but I get why they did it because of the Millie Vanilli thing or whatever they were called great but like they weren't even that bad it shows that yes she can still do this she is human she will run out of breath of course, she will go flat occasionally here and there. And the thing is, with someone like Mariah Carey, especially in her prime and the build-up build to her prime, is that she can pretty much hit a lot of the notes that you get on your CD, cassette, or vinyl. She was pretty much untouchable, but, you know, you can never forget that she's human. And I think because of all this, like, you've just 
sent in a wage year. Later on, when the cracks do start to show, because it takes a toll on the on your the muscles in your throat, you know, and literally just aging, like and you're aging, not, you're, you're not the same. You're not twenty five when you're fifty, girl. Like you're just literally not. Your your diaphragm and the strength of your diaphragm and your lung capacity, obviously, it goes without saying. Um, changes as you grow older so to sing your voice is not going to be the same which makes me question Celine Dion to be honest but we'll, we'll leave that alone and it it's like just leave it be because of course more and more people as she grows older you see it all over YouTube they're like oh she can't sing anymore she can't sing anymore and then a few years down the line after these videos she does a performance and she slays it it's like Mariah got a voice back Mariah got a voice back and it's it, it's tiring. It's tiring for me. I totally agree. But sometimes her voice goes out. Like, of sometimes course. it does. And sometimes she gets it back. Like, that's... that's like all I of have. our voices do. We, we don't even sound anything like that. <laughs> 100%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is you can't expect studio recording of the song Emotions from Mariah, like, all the time. Like, that's just... That's crazy to expect from somebody, even an amazing singer like Mariah. And for people to just, as soon as I was started talking about this, I started thinking about New Year's Eve and, and yeah. her performance of Emotions then. And how many times I binge watched her sing Emotions that year on her Sweet Sweet Fantasy tour and her slay it. And then she has this one little, per, one little, this huge performance that, bombed and tanked and all that and was memed and huge on my birthday and to have all these people say she can't sing she can't sing but I've literally just watched her the entire year slay emotions like 50 times right. it's just it's just so crazy how much people don't how much people would like come up to their own conclusions about something they have no idea about but I don't think they needed to dub MTV Unplugged as as much, even though I'm sure everyone was doing it. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm positive everyone was doing it if they weren't lip syncing, they were dubbing it. But they left in the vision of love mess up. They left it in. Maybe, yeah. that's, the, maybe that's the show that she's a real person, but it's still... It's fine that they're dubbing all these things later, but it's going to make Rockefeller mic feed and that New Year's Eve performance hit way harder when it hits yeah. because people people are expecting MT, a dubbed MTV Unplugged. Queen of perfection. Like, and it's, it's not humanly possible, especially after all these years of singing that way. Exactly. You know, and Whitney was singing very perfectly for such a long time. And I'm pretty sure, well, we all know that the Star Spangled Banner was mined, but a lip sync to Oh, yeah, uh, but I didn't know that for a long time. Same. For a very long time, I thought that Whitney's Star Spangled Banner was live, girl, because she was giving it. She was serving. The, the neck as well, the the, the veins she, and the neck, uh, Whitney everything. Was, oh, girl, that is... I literally thought that that was a live performance. Even when Beyonce lipped the national anthem, the I thought Obama. that was real too. I thought that was real too. Yeah, same. The, 
But people caught people caught peep that shit. People knew. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, how? But Mariah, I can tell when Mariah's lip syncing. I I mean, she just doesn't give it the same thing as uh. she used to. She used to like when she lip synced fantasy back in 95, which I'm sure everyone will argue that she didn't, because she was doing it well. Like she did it good back then. She gave it the energy. But she doesn't have that same energy, I don't think, with the lip syncing. If she sings it, if she sings it. She sings it, I think. I feel, I mean, I'm, this isn't a negative thing towards her or anything like that, but like, I feel that there's um, some kind of insecurity there, not in her abilities or anything like that. She knows what she can do and what she can't do, whatever. But like, there is an insecurity there, I feel, to always be of that caliber. And she will always be of that caliber because that's a legacy, whatever. She, if she, if she just, cut those songs out if she didn't feel that it was right and I, I i even mean over here guys you know like if i didn't hear without you in a set list i wouldn't give a shit if i didn't Honestly, hear against all odds in a, a whitney whitney the thing is the a big difference between them is when they replicate their songs live and whitney was changing things up you know what i mean mariah does it more now yeah. But back then, especially, she was singing almost like the straight up studio recordings. And yeah. if not better, it was like higher. You know what I mean? Like it was, I mean, sometimes she would take things down like a semitone or like lower the key of songs, but she's yeah. still serving you the same vocal performance. She, some, she, sometimes she's not like changing a lot of notes. You know, I mean, not in a bad way either, but you guys, if you guys have seen Whitney, Whitney, I feel like is known for, for that. You yeah, know what I oh mean? Yeah, oh God, definitely. Yeah, because I, because if you watch a Whitney song, it's like way different than the studio. And Mariah did that a lot with Hero as well. I mean, like you said, she's done it with a, a few songs along the way as well, of course. Hero especially. especially but not, Hero. not that much though. Not like not like Whitney. Like no, yes, she'll she'll go higher and give us a G five on the Daydream tour, like in Tokyo Dome. But Whitney is like singing songs differently. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like she'll sing the whole song differently. Like well, maybe not. It's not right, but it's okay. It's not much you can do with that because it's so almost spoken quickly. I did okay. I was <laughs> maybe not that. Maybe not that song. No. That's you, right. you change it completely. Right. It's not even this, you can't even fit anything else in there because of how it's sung. But yeah, she does a lot. She does a lot. Yeah. She just changes notes more, I think. And that's that's I think she changes it because it's easier in the moment and she knows where to go and take that. And I think sometimes it's harder for a Mariah song to be changed because all of these fluttering notes kind of melt into one another sometimes. And then she's got the ad-libs over the top of some of the other bits and whatnot. And all these layers and backgrounds yeah. and things like that. Like Whitney's songs and Mariah's songs are very different. And that's the thing is Mariah made her songs and they're challenging songs. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty much all of MTV Unplugged. Yeah. Well, the CD has sold over 6 million copies to date, which is pretty damn good. I think that's higher than Glitter and Charm Bracelet, uh, Caution. I, th I think it's higher, higher than, than all of those, yeah. Higher but, than Caution. Higher than Caution, definitely the ones you just mentioned, of higher course, Mariah. Um, 
Me and Mariah probably. What about memoirs? Oh, definitely. That's crazy. This EP has outsold all those albums, but like I would totally. If Caution had sold more, like I feel like Caution is an album that should outsell MTV Unplugged. But I, I mean, maybe that's just because I'm a young lamb who's looking back at all of this. But I think that should I dare I say MTV Unplugged is overrated? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it, it was like. I don't know what it was like back then. But I mean, maybe, maybe it's not overrated in the lamely, but. It may be, I think it's overrated by the general public, whoever was listening to it. I mean, it's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, maybe in I America, like but in the UK, I don't feel like we hear it or have heard enough about this. I feel like when I talk to randoms, like general public people who remember this era and Mariah, when I talk about Mariah, I think that they're thinking of Music Box and MTV Unplugged Mariah. I don't think they, or yeah. they think of I'm fucking up on the stage New Year's Mariah yeah. or like Rockefeller Mariah. But the, I also haven't really been interacting with people in a very long time. So this is what I remember from before, before the, the rarities quarantine era, legendary status era, rarities era christmas special era you know yeah 2020 yeah. so this is just what i remember hopefully it's different i mean I I'm, hope so. I'm very close to the forest to see the trees now you know it's a it's a whole new world so okay guys thank you very much for listening i think that gives us a wrap on the mtv unplugged uh, special emotions, emotions oh. or even the yeah, the emotions um what a beautiful journey reliving this for both of us i think gna honestly i've gone back in these past few back in little the in these past few weeks i've been going way back to the earlier albums and just reliving all of it and I think I like them better than when I started it. So that's good. But that's I, good. I I still like my post butterfly albums a little bit more, but don't come for me, Lambs. Make it happen is probably my favorite Mariah song. And that's probably happened during this time period. Yeah. So here's my new favorite Mariah song, and it's not on Butterfly. <gasps> oh, Everybody stop what they're doing. <laughs> I know, like, where's my lamb card needs to be revoked. Like, my favorite song is on I don't Butterfly. think that's the case. That's not the case. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like you've got, okay, so forget Butterfly. I'm going to go and make... No, I'm not. I'm not forgetting Butterfly. Whatever. And emotions is never, never, never going to be my full exactly. favorite. It's never going to be my full favorite. It's got nothing on Butterfly. No shade to emotions. I loved going back to emotions and this era and everything. I think it's totally underrated. Lambs need to go back. And it is an emotional roller coaster. And it's almost like, is this the early signs of the the bipolar coming out almost because when I hear this like I get like super manic vibes from it like I'm right. sorry it's really not I'm not trying to make that super serious I have borderline personality disorder so maybe that's just something I pick up on but I do get like whoa this album is all over the place yeah. you know but it, that doesn't mean that it doesn't have a lot of songs that I love on it you know same actually same 
I love the I when we went back to it, there wasn't like, oh, I need to skip this, you know? Yeah. It I it it's fully playable album to me. I just need to get it on vinyl now. <gasps> I've got two copies, an original and a repress. I think that's it. Okay, thank you for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Take a look in your eyes. <laughs> Every moment red light. <laughs> <laughs>